Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. The young lady that our son is dating, Mm -hmm. she was born Christmas Eve. Right. Yeah, and I I know another kid who was born Christmas Eve. Actually, he was born on the 22nd. And I just remember saying to him more times than he wanted to hear, wow, that must stink for presents. Well, and your parents got married on Christmas Eve. Now, see, that makes sense. No, it made no sense. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. You can hear Tammy picking up her jingle bells. Always keep them at arm's distance. That's right. At any point in time, I could call for jingle bells. you got to grab the bells. Jingle bells. There we go. I'm in. I'm in. I'll do that at least five more times during the show. Why? Because bits present themselves. You're not going to catch me again. I'm Joe Burns. You are. Tammy Burns. Tammy Tammy Burns. Burns. There we go. It's a Christmas miracle. I'm married to a new woman. Now, where did this show come from? There, There's two things. Number one, uh, I normally don't do seven days and 70 seconds at the end of the year because it's a Christmas show. We uh-huh. just sort of stay with Christmas. We talk about, and next year, uh, next week, not next year, next week we'll do this. We'll talk about those who passed away. Right. Which is a long list of show anyway. So putting that in there would be, you know, kind of a problem. Okay. That's number one. Number two is that... I'm kind of of the opinion by 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, Christmas and Thanksgiving are over. That's that. That's all the excitement it was. You get up and all the presents and all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of wow. had it in my head that, look, nothing really happens on Christmas. You can't even go and, and get yourself a hamburger at places. It's just sort of uh, shut down. Goodness. So I thought, you know, we always miss seven days and 70 seconds. Why don't I do a show mm-hmm. if I can find enough things that happened on Christmas? These, this is one giant seven days and 70 seconds of things that happened on Christmas. You mean you found enough things? Oh, Come on now. There has got to be a hundred different no. websites out there that tell you this day in rock, this day in music, this day in country, I this get day it, in what but have on you. Christmas? Oh, yeah. See, listen to you. You know, you you were nah, all nah, nah, you were all nana boo boo when I said nothing happens on Christmas. But now that I'm telling you I've got this, you're like, nothing well, I'm not I'm not Christmas. buying it yet. I'm gonna start with Christmas Eve, and I just have the one break with Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. In 1965, the Beatles had the number one album for the U.S. for the third Christmas in a row. Nice. Rubber Soul was at the top of the LP chart following the Beatles for sale and with the Beatles in 1963. By the way, they're gonna do it again. 68 with the White Album, 69 with Abbey Road. Woo! How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Nice. 1988, once again, this is Christmas Eve. 1988, Nirvana records their Bleach album using a $600 loan from a friend. 1955, these are in 
literally no order. Mm -hmm. I grabbed them from, like I said, a hundred different websites. 1955, the Lennon sisters. You were a Lawrence Welk watcher, weren't you? Of course I was. The Lennon sisters made their first appearance on the Lawrence Welk show. It was his Christmas special. Thank you, ladies. And a one and a two and a three. Uh, 1972, police provoked a riot, Miami, Florida. Manford Man's Earth Band. Apparently, people were saying they're playing too loud, so they shut the concert down and the crowd rioted. (gasps) That's some scary stuff. (laughs) That's dumb. And in 2015, talking about the Beatles again, music by the Beatles finally was made available for streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Tidal, and Amazon Prime. There was a deal that involved the rights to stream 224 songs from the original 13 albums. Okay, so what are we going to play? 1966, at a Christmas Eve taping session, Tommy James and the Shondells walk in, and about four tries later, they have the song, I Think We're Alone Now, which is going to go on to be the group's fourth number one hit in the U.S., sell over a million copies. Tammy, it was a Christmas miracle, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy James and the Shondells, as we celebrate Christmas Eve, we'll get into Christmas Day here in a minute on Rock School. Children That's what they say when we're together And watch how you play Okay, coming out of Tommy James and Shondells. Yeah, let me ask it. Go ahead. Who had Go the ahead, bigger Tammy. hit? Who had the bigger hit with Those... I Think We're Alone Now? Now, look, it's been recorded by other bands I'm talking other than about Tommy James Tiffany. and Tiffany. Tiffany, okay. Tiffany. And the only reason you know it is because it was featured in some movie we watched on, you know, Netflix. No, it wasn't. She yes, was with the mall rat. She was, but the the song, I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany, was in that movie. Okay. And I hate to admit this, but all you have to do is look at the chart performance. And yes, chart performance has an impact on how successful a song is. Tiffany had the bigger hit in terms of sales, chart positions, staying on the chart and all of that. Yeah. That does not mean that Tiffany is better than Tommy James and the Shondells. Okay. Let's talk Christmas Day. Do it. What exactly happened on Christmas Day? Now, nothing, here's, here's nothing, the, nothing. It's right. Christmas is over by 10. That's it. It's the idea of, okay, the kids are up. They have torn their presents apart. We've had the debauchery. Time for a nap. It's time for a nap. Now it's 11 o'clock. Is football started? When are we having dinner? Is this... I'm tired and a little let down because they didn't cry over the present I got them. How That's about true. That? That's true. When you were young, you wanted man. your children, when they open it up, look at it, and toss it to the side, you just want to walk over it's there and smack It's a bag of disappointment, isn't it? Am I allowed to smack kids? Yeah, you are. 1955. You really need to look this up. If you're a music fan, in 1955, Pope Pius Twelfth sent an encyclical on sacred music and popular music. It's basically a letter to all of the bishops about music. Well, look, this is 1955. Rock and roll is starting to come in. Uh-huh. you got to read this thing. It is rock star. It generally states that music should remain holy. Uh-huh. Other instruments other than the organ are allowed as long as the intent to play them is holy. It even goes on to discuss Gregorian chants. Uh-oh. 
I'm not kidding. You got to go look at this thing. I'm not going to read that. I I mean, I blew through it in about five minutes. Uh-huh. It's not. So, I mean, it's a letter, but it, it's big it, words. It <laughs> big words. 1940, Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart's musical Pal Joey opens up in New York City. What was the big hit from Pal Joey? Mm. Any idea? Oklahoma? Standing. The big hit from Oklahoma was Oklahoma. Oh, okay. No, standing on the corner, watching all the girls go by. 1931, New York's Metropolitan Opera broadcasts an entire opera over the radio. It's the first time a concert was put on the radio. Two. The full thing, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. 1896. Yes, I'm right. 1896. The song by John Philip Sousa, Stars and Stripes Forever, was debuted. How about that? On bum, Christmas. Bum, 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 wow, bum. that's huge. And the one we're going to play, 1818. Mm-hmm. It was performed for the first time at the Church of St. Nicholas in Obendorf, Austria. Nice. Now, some places listed it as Christmas Eve. Some I got places it. I know what it is. listed it on Christmas Day. And I think it's because of the time change. The story goes, I know I'm going to ask you in a second. The story goes that the organ had broken down inside of this church of St. Nicholas. Uh huh. So the person who was in charge of the music went to a guitarist and said, I have this poem called, say it, Silent Night. Or Steelnocht, which is what it was called Steel in the knocked. native, Steelnocht in the native language. Can you put this to music? And he did on a guitar. Once again, guitarists to the rescue. I know. Thank God it wasn't a drummer, huh? So seldom do we know exactly where a song started, where it was played first, and all that kind of stuff. And in this case, we do. On Christmas Day, 1818, Silent Night was performed for the first time. Here it is on Rock School. out of what I consider a just a phenomenal version of Silent Night. It's the one that's inside of Fred Claus. Can you tell it's my favorite Christmas movie? Do you know, those of you in the audience, and you, Tammy Burns, mm-hmm. do you know who sang the version of Silent Night I just played? Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. How did you know that? Because you've made me watch that movie about <laughs> nine times, and every time we're watching it, you're like, uh, Sinead O'Connor. You know, it would have really been funny if you had said, she sounded bald. 
Oh, yeah, that would have that would have done it. Uh, we're talking about things that happened on Christmas Day. Let's go back to 1967. Paul McCartney and Jane Asher became engaged, but they never married. It is believed, and I, I'm I'm a big fan of the Paul is dead yeah. little thing. That, it's not true, or maybe it or is. Is it? But if you flip over the Abbey Road album, there's a woman that's walking away mm-hmm. and there's a belief system that that's Jane Asher yeah, it is. and in front of the word Beatles there are some dots and if you connect those dots it says three Beatles as a matter of fact if you follow the story all the way back that Paul is dead mm-hmm. there's a belief that the reason he crashed his uh, Austin Healey is because he supposedly saw his girlfriend who he told to go jump in a lake right you know jane asher and when he went up to see her it wasn't her it was a meter maid named rita and the reason we know that is because she reaches in he hits the gas he goes straight through and he's hit by an egg truck yeah he is thus I am the walrus. I am the Eggman. Yeah. Right? That's where all that came from. Woo! If any of it is true, but I absolutely adore it. 1977, Harlem's Apollo Theater reopened. Even though in the 1960s it was a monster, it it fell into terrible decline in the 1970s, only because of where it was located. Mm -hmm. The neighborhood kind of ran into trouble. And when the neighborhood started to come back, a campaign was done to raise funds, and this was the result. They yep. redid the theater and opened theater it back came up. Back. 1978, Public Image Limited made its uh, debut performance at the Rainbow Theater in London. Any idea who the lead singer is? None. Of Public Image? None. Who's the lead singer of the Sex Pistols? Sinead O'Connor. Huh? Yes, it's Sinead O'Connor and her alter ego, uh, Johnny Rotten. 1995, singer Dean Martin dies at the age of 78. That's amore. Everybody loves somebody. Mambo Italiano. In 1965, and I remember my parents watching this. Mm -hmm. It launched a weekly NBC comedy variety series called The Dean Martin Show. Yes. Yep, I remember that specifically. And the one we're going to play, 1959, on Christmas morning, he, Richard Starkey, who would later be known as Ringo Starr, he received a drum set for Christmas. Really? I don't know a parent who would buy their kid a drum set. I think it was, I think I'm trying to remember the comedian's name. I can see it. Don't buy the toys that make the noise. That's right. Don't buy the toys that make the noise. But Richard Stark, he got a drum kit and it was all uphill from there. My opinion, and only my opinion, Ticket to Ride is easily the greatest drum beat that the Beatles ever put together. Obviously, Ringo Starr put it together. I know you disagree with me, but it's my show. Here's Ticket to Ride on Rock School. I think I'm gonna be sad. She don't care, don't care. My baby don't care. 
Okay, coming into the break, and you asked me while the song was playing, why Ticket to Ride? It's such a great drum beat. Now, look, right. I'm not a drummer. I'm really not. I don't understand the playing. I'm trying to take lessons. But the thing about the song is that Ringo Starr could have played it as a straight backbeat. I boom, boom, I think I'm gonna, but he didn't. If you listen to the beats, they're all boom, they're all off. Gotcha. In just a little bit. Uh-huh. And it just adds so much to the song. It, it Even as a person who doesn't understand drums, I can hear how good mm-hmm. that is. But anyway, we're talking about these things that happened on Christmas Day. Do you, Tammy, know any human being? Do you in the audience know any human being who was born on Christmas Day? No. Hmm? You no. don't? No. I don't either. Now, Never. the young lady that our son is dating, mm-hmm. she was born Christmas Eve. Right. Yeah, and I, I know another kid who was born Christmas Eve. Actually, he was born on the 22nd, and I just remember saying to him more times than he wanted to hear, wow, that must stink for presents. Well, and your parents got married on Christmas Eve. Now, see, that makes sense. No, it made no sense. No, it, it does, because Why? everybody's already in a festive mood. There's probably the Christmas Eve service. I mean, it just made perfect sense, because they weren't rich by any stretch. But, you know what? What? But every year, I'm like... Oh my God! It's Christmas Eve. Right. We got to go get your parents something because why can't I remember that? Buy them something. Buy them uh. something. Uh, here are some people who were born on Christmas Day, 1907. Cab Calloway. Heidi, 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 1929. Bill Horton from the Silhouettes was yeah. O'Kelly Isley in 1937. He was part of the Isley Brothers. 1940, Pete Brown. He was a producer for Cream, the rock group Cream. Mm-hmm. 1944, Henry Vestine. He was a guitarist with the group Canned Heat. 1944 as well, John Edwards. He was the lead singer of the Spinners. Rubber band man, rubber band man. Noel Redding, bassist with the Jimi Hendrix Experience, was born 1945. 1946, Jimmy Buffett. Did you know Jimmy Buffett was born on Christmas Day? No, I did not. Wasted again in Margaritaville. 1948, Barbara Mandrell, ladies and gentlemen. 1948, Mary Clayton. She's the one that does that scream and her voice oh, cracks she's amazing. and all of that. Yeah, yes. her first name is Mary and it's spelled M E R R Y. Why? Probably because she was born on Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, baby. 1954, Annie Lennox. Uh, 1954 as well, Robin Campbell. He was a guitar and vocals with UB40. Red, red wine. 1957, Shane McGowan from the group The Pogues. 1958, Alana Miles. Do you remember Alana Miles? I do, but I can't think of the song. Black velvet Ah. in that little boy's style. Yeah, it is. 1971, Noel Hogan. He was with the Cranberries. 72, pop singer Dido was Mm -hmm. born. Mm -hmm. And 1995, Eminem's daughter, Haley Jade, was born. If you'd like to feel old... Eminem has a daughter that was born in 1995. She's in her mid-20s. Ew. Who's listening to us on the Rock School Radio Show? KFOK, Sacramento, California. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
right, coming out of the break, a few more things that happened on Christmas Day, 1996. The movie The People vs. Larry Flint came out. Any idea the rock star who starred in the uh, film? I huh? think it was Courtney Love. Yes, it was. She played Larry Flint's, I don't know, girlfriend, wife, something like that. 1954, Bing Crosby's White Christmas enters the Billboard pop chart for the 11th time are you kidding me now look it sold over a hundred million copies around the world it's the number two selling song period elton john's candle in the wind defeated it here's the funny story though Mm -hmm. the opposite side every single has a b-side yep the b-side is i'll be home for christmas no if only in my dreams the guy who wrote it, his name is Kimball Gannon, and he mm-hmm. was a huge friend of Bing Crosby. They would do weekly uh, golf outings. Well, the song that Kimball Gannon wrote, I'll Be Home for Christmas, uh, he couldn't sell anywhere because it was a downer. This this guy is a, a, a military man. The final bit of the song is I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams, which yeah. means he might not. So it's, it's, it's kryptonite. You don't want to touch it. So he's out on the golf course with Bing Crosby. Look this up. It's a true story. He's out on the course with Bing Crosby, and Bing says, hey, man, you got any new songs? And he said, yeah, I'm having trouble selling this one. Crosby falls in love with the song, demands it be the the Mm B-side. So, yes, I'll be home, or pardon me, White Christmas has sold 100 million copies. But you know what else has? Same. I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. Very rich this time. Oh, yeah. Kimball had absolutely no trouble making the cable bill at the end of the month. 1968, Led Zeppelin arrives in the United States Christmas Day for the very first time their preparation of a North American tour. And by the way, they were paid $1,500 for each of the shows. Ooh, That's a bit low for yeah. Led Zeppelin. Uh, 1976, uh, American singer Johnny Mathis was at number one on the UK singles chart with When a Child is Born. It's the singer's only number one and his big Christmas hit of 1976. However, it didn't make it to number one here because if you remember last week we talked about there's only been two number one Christmas songs, the Chipmunk song and the Mariah Carey tune. Right. Okay, so what are we going to play? Yeah. In 1954, up-and-coming singer Johnny Ace was performing at the City Auditorium in Houston, Texas. Here's what happened. They, he finished his set. They all went backstage because obviously you have to move things around, the microphones, the amplifiers, the chairs, and all of that. So he's back there, and Johnny Ace really enjoyed his whiskey. Mm-hmm. Big Mama Thornton was supposed to follow him. Okay. She's backstage, as well as other people. Mm-hmm. She's backstage, and he, Johnny Ace, is sort of waving around this pistol. Mm. And Mama Thornton like an intelligent human being would, said, you're starting to scare me with that gun. Yeah. And Johnny A smiled and said, oh, come on, it's not even loaded. Put it up to his head and pulled the trigger. My goodness. Killed himself right there. I'm not sure if he'd call that a suicide or not, because he had no intention of doing it. I don't think it was. And the story goes that Big Mama Thornton walked out on stage. Obviously, the, the crowd is there. They're waiting. And she screams out something to the effect of Johnny Ace just killed himself. Oh, my gosh. Here is Johnny Ace. Happened on Christmas Day, 1954, here on Rock School. Now, darling, I proved I really love you. 
as I walk, dear, from your door. You'll never be worried anymore. All right, coming into the bottom of the hour, this is normally where we do seven days and 70 seconds. In fact, we normally give the names at the bottom of the hour. So I'm Joe Burns. You are Tammy Burns. Reach for the bells. Oh, hang on. I told you, have the bells within arm's reach I'm at slow. all I'm points slow. in time. Now, we talked about births. Let's talk about deaths, since I talked about we have uh, Johnny Ace. Well, these are people that lived long lives, and, you know, as as was said by the doors, no one gets out alive. American singer-songwriter Vic Chestnut died of an overdose of muscle relaxants. Mm, 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 17 mm. albums during his career. Wowie zowie. James Brown, 2006, the godfather of soul, dies at age 73 uh, from severe pneumonia. Gosh. Uh, let me see what else I got here. George Michael mm-hmm. dies at his home at age 53. Now, look, this becomes a better story. Hang yeah, on. right. He was found by his partner, Fadi Fawaz, I believe is how it's said. In March 2017, a senior... Now, this is obviously the next year. Mm-hmm. A senior coroner in Oxfordshire finally releases what killed him. It, you would think that, oh, he drank himself to death. Oh, he drugged himself to death. His death was attributed to dilated cardiomyopathy and a fatty liver, mm-hmm. to which you say, okay, that's, that's nice. What do you care? Three years later, on the same day, his sister, Melanie, oh, no. dies at age 59 on the third anniversary of the singer's death. Oh, no. George had left the bulk of his estate to her and his other sister, Yoda, who also died at age 53, and the cause of death, dilated cardiomyopathy and a fatty liver on all three of them. Genetic, so it was, it genetic, was genetic. All genetic that did it. I just thought that was interesting Ma, that they all I died. I did that way. not know that bit of information. How about that? And in 2008, and this is the one we're going to play, American actress, singer, and cabaret star Eartha Kitt dies from colon cancer at her Weston, Connecticut home, 81 years old. What's she known for? 1953. Be-doo, be-doo, Santa baby. You're going to play down that? the chimney tonight, you bet, on Rock School. Boom, 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 Slip a sable under the tree for me Been an awful good girl, Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue One little thing, a ring I don't mean on the phone, Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight Hurry down the chimney tonight Hurry, tonight Tonight 
Coming into the second break, uh, I got a couple Michael Jacksons for you, but let me also tell you about a couple interesting concerts that went on on Christmas Day. 1981, the Jay Giles Band plays at Boston's Norfolk Correctional Center. Uh-oh. Why? Yeah, why? I don't, I don't know. I, I guess th- th- a lot of people say to me, you know, why would they play here? Why would they do that? Well, because the check cleared. You, you know, think here, they got paid for that? Well, of course they did. Maybe they were just doing a good deed. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, the lead singer, Peter Wolf, apparently said to his captive audience, notice the pun, we want to be the first to buy you all a free drink when you get on the outside. 1977 at Ivanhoe's in Huddlesfield, UK, the Sex Pistols play their last UK gig before they split. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? Well, the show's a charity benefit for firemen who are on strike. And this is the Sex Pistols. <gasps> Apparently, they all brought their kids. Uh. So the Sex Pistols are playing a charity benefit, and it's the Sex Pistols. Oh, no. And there's a bunch of kids around. All right, I told you I had a couple Michael Jacksons for you. In 2003... Michael Jackson, this is Christmas Day, recorded his first interview since news broke of the allegations of sexual abuse with a 12-year-old boy. Told CBS TV News Network that he would, quote, slit his wrists before he would hurt a child. And also stated that when the police took him away, they dislocated his shoulder. Mm. How about that? Mm -hmm. And the one we'll end on before you tell us who's listening. 1981, Michael Jackson called Paul McCartney. And suggested they write and record together. Yeah. The girl is mine is what came out of it. It was also apparently the phone call where Paul McCartney said, you have to invest in things. You need to buy the rights to music. Yep, yep. The story goes that McCartney told him that and Jackson went, yeah, I need to do that. And of course, later on, we do it. We do an entire show on it. If you want to listen to it, yep. Later on, it becomes obvious that he's going after the Beatles catalog, and the whole world goes bonkers because you know how dare he do that to Paul McCartney and all that. We did a show on it. Yeah, it was there. He tested with everybody. He called Yoko. Oh no, he called all these different. Can I do this? Is this okay? It was only after that Paul McCartney got upset. Yep. All right. Who's listening to us? KSKQ, Ashland, Oregon. Thank you. Coming out of the break, again, things that happened on Christmas Day. This is our second Christmas show of the year. 2006, alongside Beyonce, Eddie Murphy, and Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Hudson makes her acting debut in the movie Dreamgirls. She went up for an Oscar. Do you think she won it? Yeah. I got to look that. Did she win it? I think so, yes. Okay, well, there you go. 2015, the movie Concussion comes out. That's a biographical drama starring Will Smith, who exposes the risk of traumatic brain injury. I, I think he's a better actor than he is singer. 
I know that's sacrilegious because it's Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I like his movies a lot better than I do his music. Oh, is yeah. that is that wrong? No. Is that wrong? That might be wrong. You know what we're talking about? We've, we've mentioned three of them. Movies that came out on Christmas Day. Yeah. Because I had the three of them, I started looking for albums that came out on Christmas Day. And there's like none of them. To which you say, but why? Well, we don't do albums anymore. So you have to go back before the digital side of it. Mm -hmm. And what it was, was if you put out an album on Christmas Day, guess what isn't open? A store. That's right. You can't go buy the album. Had no way to buy it. Now, there was a slew of, and I think this is going to become a Christmas show next year. There was a slew of albums that were released in December in order to become a Christmas gift. Right, exactly that. But on Christmas Day, next to none. Mm -hmm. I mean, people were posting on these blogs, well, this came out two days before. This came out a couple days after, but you couldn't find one right on the money. What are we going to play? 1957. You know, you don't hear a lot about Jerry Lee Lewis and his marriage with uh, Myra, who was 13 years old. Uh But I have something. (gasps) 1957, for their first Christmas together as a married couple, Jerry Lee Lewis gives 13-year-old wife Myra a red Cadillac convertible with white leather interior. Does anybody hear the problem? Maya's 13. Although she drove it around Coro Lake, Tennessee. Yes, she did. She would not get her driver's license for another two and a half years. She might not have to. You know, when did you start driving? About eight. About eight? Yeah. In the country. I didn't. I lived in the city. They got upset over that. It's Jerry Lee Lewis, Merry Christmas here on Rock School. I can't have a Merry Christmas Merry without you To do the things together That we used to do Now it's Christmas when you left me And now spirits make me blue I can't have Merry without you. All right, coming into the last break on our second Christmas show, 1958. These are all items that happened on Christmas Day. Chuck Berry, Jackie Wilson, Frankie Avalon, Eddie Cochran, Dion, Bo Diddley, and the Everly Brothers kick off Alan Freed's Christmas Rock and Roll Spectacular at Lowe State Theater in New York City. Uh, 2010, Alanis Morissette. Speaking of people who were born on Christmas Day, Alanis Morissette gives birth to her first child, a son named Ever Emir. Ladies and gentlemen, 2009, Tony T-Bone Bellamy, he was a front man for Redbone, dies of liver failure in Las Vegas, Nevada, 63 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 1973, Slade, Susie Quattro, 10CC, are the performers on the BBC Top of the Pops Christmas special. What do people remember? Well, Apparently, there were fly girls on this show. The show's dancers did a routine with dogs to Gilbert (laughs) O'Sullivan's Get Down. Oh, my goodness. 1973, The Sting comes out. Do you remember that with Paul Newman and Robert Redford? 
the sting. They yeah. were they were con men. Yeah, I they do. were grifters. Yes. Um, most of the show movie took place in the 1930s, uh-huh. so the music had to equal it, and people got wicked into Scott Joplin's music, specifically the Entertainer, and it states that it revived a ragtime genre. Yep. How about that? I buy that. 1969, 16-year-old Robbie Bachman of Winnipeg, Canada, gets a drum kit for Christmas and begins to play along his older brother, Randy, who got a guitar last year nice. for Christmas. Three nice. years later, they join up, they start a new band, and it's called Bachman Turner Overdrive. I'm not making that up. No, you're not. In 1976, in an article in the UK's New Music Express, the Pat Travers Band, newcomers to the British music scene themselves, ladies and gentlemen, say they can outplay the Sex Pistols using minimal equipment anytime, anywhere. Sex Pistols do not challenge them, and they go on to take the title unattacked. 1960, and this is the last one we'll do, 12-year-old James Taylor gets his first guitar as a Christmas present. Aww. So that's where it had to start. Well, I got to play something here, and I mentioned the Pat Travers Band, so I'm going to play the Pat Travers Band. That's going to do it for the second Christmas show next week when we get back. We will complete the year, since it'll be the last full week of the year. We're going to do a, a final send-off, a hooray, a hurrah, a thank you to those who passed away yet left behind great things in the musical genre. We'll start with those who were taken out by COVID and then talk about the remainder of the people. And we'll sort of give them one more raise of the glass and hopefully we'll be able to get a, a, a one that you remember and one that had an effect on you. We will do Edward Van Halen. That's for darn sure. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. And that does it. Get your jingle I'm not bell. so happy now after you just talked. Yeah, I sort of yeah. brought us down, didn't I? You brought I? me way down. There you go. That's Merry it. Christmas. Class is dismissed. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows Some holly and some mistletoe Well, they help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes on the glow